Please open your Bibles with me to the Gospel of John. John's Gospel, chapter 11. This morning, we'll conclude our look here in chapter 11. But before we do that, let's read through it once more. John's Gospel, chapter 11. We'll be reading the chapter in its entirety. Now, a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Mar- Martha. It was that Mar- Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that saith he to his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that he may awake him, that that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but that they thought that he had spoken of taking of, of rest and sleep. Verse, verse fourteen. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, to the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about fifteen furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it to thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. 
the Jews then which were with her in the house and and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. And one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, Ye know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation perish not. And this spake he not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation, and not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Then from that day forth they took counsel together for to put him to death. Jesus therefore walked no more openly among the Jews, but went thence unto a country near the wilderness into a city called Ephraim, and there continued with his disciples. And the Jews' Passover was nigh at hand, and many went out of the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Then sought they for Jesus, and spake among themselves as they stood in the temple, What think ye, that he will not come to the feast? Now both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a commandment that if any man knew where he were, he should show it that he might, that they might take him. I know the Lord will bless the reading of his word to the hearts of his people this morning. All right, we'll pick up our study there in verse 45. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. Now, these Jews had come to the house of Mary and Martha to comfort the sisters over the loss of Lazarus upon 
I guess it was, we read there, he had been dead for some four days. And upon accompanying them to the grave with the Lord, they saw the things which the Lord had done and truly believed on him that, as, that he was the Messiah to come. What Christ said to the Pharisees in the previous chapter certainly applied. They judged his claims to be the Son of God to be valid by the works which he did. Our Lord's exhortation stands even today. Our Lord declares, If you do not, if, if I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though you believe not me, believe the works, that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Verse 46. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. In effect, the Apostle John is detailing here that even though some who witnessed the miracle believed, still others were further hardened and increased in their hatred and envy and ran off to report what had happened to those Pharisees in Jerusalem. And remarkably, not to praise God, but to falsely charge him with blasphemy and to stir up their anger. While some believed because of what they heard and saw, others were hardened in their unbelief. And this contrast is seen, indeed, is experienced whenever the gospel is preached. Keep replacing John chapter 11 and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. pick up reading there in verse 14. Thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ, in them that are saved, and in them that perish. To the one we are the savor of death unto death, and to the other the savor of life unto life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God, in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. Indeed, some believe the gospel of Christ when it is spoken, and some believe not. All right, verse 47. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him, and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. Now after those Jews ran off to Jerusalem to report what had happened, the chief priests, that is the Sanhedrin, and the Pharisees called together a council of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. At that time, Caiaphas, the high priest, the president of the court, was there among them. Now the question they all considered was this, what do we? In essence, what are we to do with this man, Jesus of Nazareth? In effect, they were asking, what can we do for this man is performing many miracles if we don't do something to do away with him, everyone will believe on him as the political Messiah. And if the Romans hear there is a new Jewish king, they will come with their armies. 
They feared that the Romans would look upon this developing situation as a threat to the emperor of Rome, Caesar. And they would come to destroy their temple, their religion, and their offices, and their city, Jerusalem. In the last part of verse 48, you can hear just how anxious they were. The Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. That was evidently what they feared. The Romans shall come and take away our place. What little power, authority, and distinction they had as Jewish leaders, they were afraid to lose their place. Verse 49. And one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, Ye know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation perish not. And so Caiaphas, the high priest, spoke up and said to them, In effect, you are a group of ignorant fools to sit disputing and arguing about this man Jesus. What is to be done is quite obvious. Kill this man without further ado. It matters not who he is, nor what he does, nor what is lawful or right. Now Caiaphas meant that the Lord should die to preserve the life of the nation That is, he was to be put to death for the public good. However, as God's word prophetically spoke through Caiaphas at that moment, our Heavenly Father meant by his words so much more. My sinner friend, the benefits of his death were not to be for the Jews only, but for all of God's elect children throughout the whole world. Wherever they they were scattered abroad, all should be gathered together in one and as and all be blessed by his death. God's word says in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world. That's good news for Gentiles. (laughs) That's saying there very clearly and very plainly that the Lord Jesus Christ is not only the Savior of the Jews, his elect amongst the nation of Israel, but his elect amongst the whole world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And according to and in God's purpose, Christ Jesus, our Lord, was to die the Savior of sinners for Jews and Gentiles. One was to die, and all who would believe in him should be saved. As God declares ever so blessedly, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. All right, verse 51. And this spake he not of himself, But being high priest that year, Caiaphas prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation, and not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Now, though Caiaphas spoke from his own wicked heart, the Spirit of God was preaching the glorious gospel of substitution and redemption through his wrinkled lips. And while he occupied the office of high priest between God and the people, though himself a wicked man, and remarkably not even being aware of it, this evil man became a prophet to declare the substitutionary work of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Yes, indeed, the Lord Jesus would die for the holy nation, the chosen generation, the true Israel of God, and for all believers in every tribe and nation. Beloved, he died that we might not die. 
If it were not that the Lord Jesus gave his life as a ransom for his sheep, beloved, we would have no hope. The sun must be lifted up. Now, two words must be learned if we are to understand the gospel. Two words. Substitution and satisfaction. Christ, our substitute, endured the wrath, punishment, and guilt of our sins before the law and justice of God. As our substitute, he paid our penalty for sin. And Christ, as our surety, made full and complete atonement and satisfaction for all the sins of all believers before God, in order that God may be both just and justifier. As our surety, beloved, he performed all that the law required on our behalf. He's our payment for sin, and he's our performance of righteousness. Therefore, being justified, beloved, we have peace with God. Christ died and lives eternally. Therefore, we shall not die, but shall live eternally with him. Beloved, as he is right now, as he is right now, so are we in this world united to him. Verse 53. Then from that day forth, they took counsel together for to put him to death. Now these men had met and discussed putting the Lord to death before. But after hearing Caiaphas and his twisted and evil reasoning, evidently appeared so good, his advice so agreeable to them, that at once they generally assented to it, except by, except maybe one or two possible exceptions, being Nicodemus and Joseph, those men who tended to the Lord's body after he gave his life a ransom for his people, just before he rose from the grave. And so now, upon the word of the high priest, they were more intent than ever to put the Lord Jesus to death. Verse 54. Jesus therefore walked no more openly among the Jews, but went thence unto a country near the wilderness, into a city called Ephraim, and there continued with his disciples. Of course, our Lord knew that the time designated in God's eternal plan for his death had not fully arrived, so he no longer walked openly from place to place among the Jews, but departed to the country near the desert, uh, to, near the desert to a city called Ephraim, a small, out-of-the-way place. Verse 55. And the Jews' Passover was nigh at hand, and many went out of the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Now, this was the fourth Passover from Christ's entrance into his public ministry, and the last he ate with his disciples. This was also the last Passover, for Christ, by his once-for-all sacrifice, put an end to the Passover and all other ceremonial observances. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 10. We'll pick up reading there in verse 9. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9. Speaking of Christ, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9, we read, Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second the eternal, everlasting covenant. 
by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, our Lord and God, Jesus Christ, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Verse 56. John 11, verse 56. Then sought they Jesus and spake among themselves as they stood in the temple. What think ye, that he will not come to the feast? Now both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a commandment that if any man knew where he were, he should show it, that they might take him. The country people who had heard of him or had seen him and heard him preach began to inquire of his whereabouts. Will he come to Jerusalem? Now, though some asked out of curiosity to see and hear him, still others wanted to see his miracles, and perhaps some were interested in him and what he had to say. But the chief priests and the Pharisees had one thing in mind, just one thing, to arrest him and put him to death. They issued orders to all that if any man saw him or knew where he was, he was to report to them that they might take him. So their wicked hands, according to the determinate counsel of God, the Father, could crucify and slay the Christ, the beloved Son of God, indeed the Lamb of God. All right, we'll conclude it there. Lord willing, we'll look at chapter 12 next Sunday and once again worship at his feet. Amen. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come before your throne of grace once again through your well-pleasing Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're so grateful for him, Father. Your Son tells us ever so plainly that no one may see, indeed no one may enter the kingdom of heaven except they be born from above, except they be born of water and the Spirit. And we do beg you, Father, for Christ's sake, for his glory and the good of thy people. Take the words we've heard this morning, if it pleases you, Father, the clean water of the gospel, and bless it with your spirit and give life to dead, damned sinners. Give them life, Father, according to your holy will. And we know, Father, that you will and shall give life to all of the elect, all those you've purposed to give your Son. Thank you so much for teaching us, Father, that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is a sovereign, successful Savior, and that he shall not lose one of those you've given him, Father. We ask, Father, that you would continue to behold us the rest of this day, and for Christ's sake and the good of thy people, bless us and keep us. We beg you, Father, in his matchless name we pray. Amen.